This week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast is sponsored by the Hilton Orlando Bonnet Creek. Book your next stay at HiltonBonnetCreek.com. Hi, I'm Jeff Galloway, and you're listening to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We feature destination races from across the country, And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back-of-the-packer like us, you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Hey, welcome everyone to episode 87 of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast, and I am your host, who is so excited about this episode. Of course, you know me, it's Amy. And I am your co-host, Dana, who thinks he might be on a wildlife podcast tonight as opposed to a running podcast. Why do you say that, Cause sir? Because I am surrounded by animals. I have <laughs> I have a cat on my chair. I've got two <laughs> dogs at my feet. I'm just waiting for yeah. for some other forest animal to appear. And, but maybe that's the Disney tie-in, you know, when you start singing <laughs> and animals appear. I, but I promise I won't break out into song. Oh, but, uh, you know, our animals might... They might. So we may have a special <laughs> appearance tonight by Buck or Danny, depending on who decides to get the most vocal. Or even Natasha. Yep, the cat. She might. May decide she wants to chime in as well. Or Bruce. Yeah, they might. He probably some. won't chime in. Maybe not. He's usually pretty grumpy in any other room. Yeah. That's, a, that's his baseline. Natasha's hanging out with us, so. Yeah. yeah. I'm so excited about this episode and what we have coming up. Yes. Because we get to relive the half marathon and help others get excited about their half marathon or their marathon weekend coming up in January or their princess race at Disney or in February or in April, their star Wars race weekend. And I've heard a lot of people on social media this week message us and comment as we posted some videos and posted some pictures of the wine and dine half marathon weekend and two course challenge that they're this is getting us so excited about it it's it's getting us in the frame of mind to make a checklist make a packing list we're doing yeah oh you reminded us how early we have to get up for the corrals and all of that so uh yeah i can't wait to talk about the half marathon on sunday and Sir, it is your turn. Your picks. My turn in the barrel. Your picks from the Wine and Dine. Yes, from the International Food and Wine Festival. And we even have some listener feedback to intersperse with yours. We do. Um, You got some fantastic feedback from some of our listeners. And we cannot thank you guys enough for participating in that. But yeah, this is part three of our three-part series on the Disney Wine and Dine, the Run Disney Wine and Dine <laughs> Half Marathon Weekend. Oh. And this is the big one, the big race. Yeah. You know, the uh, this, I think, again, is where it all started for us. Oh, yeah. This was our very first half marathon. Mm. For that reason, we re- return to it every year. And it just happens to have that food and wine theme that ties right into the podcast so it's it's really hand in glove it's a it's a great fit for us yeah we love bringing it and we know so many people 
vacation to Disney or, or plan their runcations around the run Disney events that mm-hmm. go throughout the year. Yeah. We're going to, of course, be talking about food and wine. Oh, yeah. Specifically the Food and Wine Festival, not um, just food and wine in general. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but much of what we're going to be talking about does translate to the other race weekends. Does translate to the other weekends and the festival life and Which tips and Epcot tricks around has, that. Well, Epcot has fully embraced this festival idea. They now have a festival for every season, if every I'm not correct. Every season. So let's see. Let's Except for maybe summer. Well, yeah. I, well, okay. Let's, let's, let's break let's, it down. Let's walk through that. Yeah, yeah. So you're, you're, well, we'll start with wine and dine because that's what we're talking about. So the wine and dine is in the, I would say the fall. Yes. That's your fall November's festival. Fall. October, November. Yes. And it coincides with the wine and dine half marathon weekend. Right. Yes. On the, right on the tail of this though, heading into the winter holidays, you know, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all of, all of those, mm. Disney turns right around, mm-hmm. starts redecorating the parks and puts out new food offerings yes not quite as many but new food offerings all around the world showcase celebrating the holidays it's the festival of the holidays and you get to sample holiday dishes around the world which is super cool we did that last year it was so great and i want i don't know and i don't know if any of our listeners know if that one is still rolling when marathon weekends comes or if marathon weekend at the beginning of january is the start of the next festival and what is the next one the next one which 100 percent coincides with princess weekend in february it is the festival of the arts okay that was the one which is the newest one and yeah and we really haven't done that one really explored Mm -mm, it at all so that wouldn't i I think might we might have some room in our schedule at some point to to pop up to that one i've heard great things about it i know that those food offerings really are visually stunning and i've heard they're delicious as well that's what i've heard from our fellow podcasters out there but i can't speak from experience yeah but so it coincides with Princess, mm-hmm. and it may coincide with Marathon Weekends or Festival of the Holidays may coincide with that. But then you have the Star Wars Rival Run Weekend, mm-hmm. which can be a tongue twister. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> and that one coincides with one of our favorites, the Flower and Garden Festival. That actually might be my favorite. I it's think so beautiful with all the topiaries. Yeah, they do such an incredible job of. Tr- I don't want to say transforming because that's not really correct, but beautifying, further yeah. beautifying yeah. Epcot. And they have all these topiaries. Mm-hmm. They have all these displays. They have uh, boxes at all of the different booths that are growing fresh vegetables. Or and spices. And spices like right there. Basil. And, you know, Tarragon. they, of course, they, they, they get sponsors from like uh, Toro and Rainbird and all that. It makes you think, well, I, I could, if I just bought some of this, I could have this in my yard. Well, they also have an army of people with degrees in horticulture and a, a ton of laborers doing that. But nonetheless. And it, people all around the festival, it'll tell you, this is what you need to do to grow healthy vegetables and grow herbs and spices i think they even have some some discussions or classes classes on that yeah yeah 
It's pretty cool. But but they do such an amazing job. And the food offerings, I think, are, in my opinion, easily as good as the Food and Wine Festival. Maybe, Maybe not quite they're as plentiful. Not quite as plentiful. Do you think? They don't I don't think they have quite as many of the booths doing I think food. It, it rivals food and wine. I think so too. And and on quality, absolutely. Oh, Maybe we should do a comparison sometime. You just want to go back to Disney. I do. Keep looking for reasons to do that. I do. Like you need a reason. I it's think Disney. Anybody who's listening has to know you run a Disney race, you catch the Disney bug, and you just want to go back again and again and again. It's called the happiest place on earth for a reason. And that's whether you're a child or a child at heart. So That's right. we have an absolute blast when we go. We're fortunate it. enough to be able to day trip up there. Mm-hmm. And this, that setting is so great for races and run. Disney has been so smart at creating these events. So mm-hmm. we really do have a lot to talk about uh, and we're going to dive right in because this is all about the half marathon on the Sunday. The final race of the series. What a way to cap off the weekend. Indeed. Oh, and I love to stay on property, but this weekend we were so lucky to stay at the Hilton Bonnet Creek. We stumbled onto the Hilton Bonnet Creek's marathon weekends totally by accident a couple of years ago. And when we were checking in, we saw that they had a setup that was a display that talked about marathon weekends. And Mm -hmm. I said, well, let's see what this is all about. Mm. Well, we walk over and then come to find out that they offer race day transportation. For the half marathon, yeah. For the half marathon. They offer a pre-race party in the morning with breakfast, which really is... Your way to get something in your belly, you know, some... some, uh, Carbs. Carbs. Coffee. Bananas. Protein bars, those types of things. Mm-hmm. They have a DJ, and it was fantastic. So let's kind of walk through our experience. That's where we're going to start. Here. So we're going to yeah. start. We're staying at the beautiful Hilton Orlando Bonnet Creek, and we wake up at what time? Well, we said we were we were talking about how we're going through the fall back time change, the falling back an hour daylight savings time situation. And we're like, how are we going to set our alarm if we really want to get up at one in the morning to really truly soak up the pre-race party and be able to get there and get to the front of our corral and achieve that goal and have a better shot at it than we did at the 10K. Yeah, so f- the day before, we woke up at 1.30 a.m., so we decided to wake up at 1, but the problem was... <laughs> Falling that, back. ...that we were in the middle of the time change. Uh-huh. So we set we, we set a alarm for <laughs> 1.59 a.m. because the clocks roll back at 2 o'clock, back to 1 o'clock. So uh-huh. we actually set it for 1.59 a.m. I called down to the front desk. I had them do a wake-up call for us. <laughs> same thing and, yeah. I, and I told him I said this is going to sound so strange I promise you there's method to my madness <laughs> they were so accommodating they thought it was kind of funny and they absolutely took care of us oh, yeah. so 
At 1.59 a.m., the alarms go off. At 2 a.m., it rolled back to 1 a.m., and we were up. So we did it right this year because in years past, we have been victims of not setting the alarms right and actually getting up too early. Too early or a little too late. Mm -hmm. So. So... We've succeeded. We got up at 1 a.m. Goal achieved. And I know people are saying, what are you guys talking about? That's four, four and a half hours before the race. Well, let's tell you why. So our morning race routine is usually pretty simple. Yeah. You know, we get up in the morning. Amy and I will, will of course, get our showers and get get ready. You know, the normal getting ready process. But, sure. But Amy likes to add in a little bit of yoga. Yeah, I like to get loose because I'm really nervous before a race and you tend to tighten up when you're nervous. Absolutely. So getting up and getting kind of doing a, a runner's warm up from Eckhart Yoga mm-hmm. is so helpful to me. They're not, great. Not a sponsor, but absolutely a, yeah. a uh, program that you live by. Mm-hmm, for years. And also using the buffer or massager to kind mm-hmm. of work out some kinks still. Mm-hmm. And then you went just hardcore. I did. And you were like, I want to do an ice bath. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You yes. heard her, You heard it here, folks. She I d- did. I she did. She woke up, did her yoga, and took her shower and then said, I want to do an ice bath. Right before we leave. Right before we go down to the party. So... I'm getting dressed and then I'm out and I'm grabbing whatever plastic bags I can find to go down to the ice machine on our floor. And I make like three trips with two big plastic bags. I basically emptied out the ice machine at 1 a.m. Thank you, Bonnet Creek. And she does about a 10 or 15 minute ice bath. and, And I'm just talking, what a champ. She's sitting in the tub. I'm putting the ice in. She's just wincing and trying to hold it in. And then she's got all of her makeup laid out on oh the edge God. of the tub. I'm and never going to live this doing down. her makeup while she is sitting in what has to be 33 degree water. I don't know. But it was cold. She's rocking that. She sets a timer once I get the last bag of ice in. So she yeah. doesn't even count the time that I'm going back and forth filling. So it's really closer to a 15 minute ice bath. <laughs> and... She's doing her makeup in there. So that's how she starts. So she's she's wide awake when when we start making our way downstairs at yeah. the Hilton Orlando Bonnet Creek. Yeah. Go down I, the elevator. Oh, sorry. I really love when we go down the elevator and we come off of the elevator. And I think that this is what you were about to start and talk about. That <clears throat> barely getting off of the elevator. Barely getting off of the elevator. Mm -hmm. We are in the hotel lobby right there by the Myth Bar that we've talked about where they have the amazing drinks. Drinks, food, and the birthplace of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast as we did our initial file uploads right there from the table. Right there. The charcuterie plate is awesome, by the way. But they were just finishing up cleaning up for the night. I, or they had just finished, you know, but there are employees from the Hilton Bonnet Creek who have Mickey ears on and race signs like that say, let's do this. And And in the do the, the O is a Mickey. 
And they got pom-poms. And they have pom-poms and you can hear music. And there's a hallway with restrooms right off their little quick service place, the Muse. And you can hear the music all the way down the hallway. You could stop off and use the, the restroom. And the DJ's there and there are signs down there that say, never, never, never give up. Or finding vino, finding vino because it's the food and wine festival, and it's super cute, so awesome. And they and you have pictures of me very seriously picking bagels. Well, I think it's great that they put out this huge spread, it's a full on coffee service. Like, you go to a conference to do this, and you're talking, they charge big bucks to do a Mm -hmm. coffee service at conferences. Yeah, they've got this enormous coffee service set up, they've got the Mm -hmm. spread with bagels and cream cheese and peanut butter and then you can go over and get yourself a banana you oh. can go get yourself a couple of granola bars yeah and they, and they actually had the the bars that they were offering this year were very high-end stuff they actually these are the things that they normally carry at their quick service mm-hmm. shop mm-hmm. and they've got you know Everything from like kind bars, which I think are probably some of the best tasting, mm. you know, bars that are basically nuts held together um, with with a natural sweetener. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have some other bars there available as well. But just and there's the dogs. Yeah, uh, just fantastic options. You know, uh, plenty of bottled water. I think they mm-hmm. had some Gatorade there as they well. They did. They did. That's or true. Powerade, excuse me. Oh, they might have had Gatorade. Powerade was on the race course, but I think they had Gatorade, so you were right the first time. Okay. So they had plenty of things for you to get, and the DJ's playing just, you know, really high-energy music, and Mm -hmm. that's starting, that started, I think it starts around 2 or 2.30 in the morning. And those employees are so excited. And I wasn't sure if it was the employees that worked overnight or if it was the employees coming in for the morning shift. I'm not sure. I don't sure. even know. It might have been a mixture of, of the two. But I'm telling you, they were motivated. They were in tutus themselves, some of them. And they were just so encouraging. And it was so genuinely real and just made you feel so good. And welcome and ready to take on the race yeah and what's cool is the area they're hosting it in is like you go down that hall to get to the party and then the hall hangs a left Mm -hmm. and that's where you're at you're you're in that area and then right outside the doors that go outside is where they have a runner's podium set up that you've I believe you've posted those pictures to social media and I'll have some more yeah and you can pose on the runner's podium which is really cool yeah and then they have their race transportation that comes to pick you up and take you over to the race and the bus picks you up right there Mm -hmm. you load up right from the party but we elected to drive true enough Uh, we just we kind of have our own formula for the way we do things and we elected to drive um and that's just you know a great option also there's not really a wrong way to do it but if you don't want to drive if you think that after the run your legs are going to be smoked and or you might after the run imbibe in some post race recovery beer or yeah. champagne which is served at the after party that's true then you have reliable transportation and you can play it safe and, and still people, celebrate i was going to say some people go straight to the park yeah well some people are i mean they, they're still raring to go. They could do a whole entire marathon. They're training for dopey, whatever. 
that where you do all the races the entire weekend, but we, I am just not that. <laughs> like no, after, after the runner. race, it's time to come back and, and do a little Enjoy recovery at the hotel. The hotel. Yes. So, okay. So we, yeah. we, we decide to go have our car brought around. We drive over. Mm-hmm. And again, I cannot say enough good about the Disney staff. Oh my gosh. They're on top of it. The parking. Everyone is afraid of it. There's no reason to be afraid of it. If you decide to drive over to the race, it is no different than any other time you're going to the park. True. And you're going in and they are parking you just like they do. They've got a system down. Disney's good at a couple of things. Number one, it's at moving people. Number two is it's separating you from your money. And, and oh, that's they've true. already done the first part if you yeah. paid the race entry fees. So they're they're moving people. You're happy are, when you do it. Yeah. And they're parking these cars and it's it's just seamless. Oh, love it. And it's kind of neat because you have this this mass migration of runners from the parking lot over to the buses. Yeah. And everybody's just kind of like, because mm, it's early. Yeah. So we were parking in the Magic Kingdom. No, we were parking at Epcot, Park at Epcot. to be bussed over to Magic Kingdom. Yes. Yes. And we got there. We, we left the hotel at, right at 3 a.m. Yes. So Which we was got, so much better than the 3.30 yes. departure. So we got over, got parked, got on the bus. We were on the bus by really 3.15, 3.20, something like that. It, yeah. was, it was very quick. The Hilton uh-huh. Orlando Bonnet Creek is conveniently located. It's right there minutes. on, uh, right off right. of Lake Buena Vista Drive. Mm. We're five minutes from Epcot. Yeah, it was minutes away, even with the road closures for the race. I mean, we got there in no time. No time at all. So we get there, and it's much earlier, which Mm -hmm. means... um, The corrals hadn't even opened yet. Corrals hadn't opened, but you you would think, oh, we got there earlier, it's going to be less crowded. Nope. Oh, no. No. Because the corrals hadn't opened yet... And they normally open at, what, four? Yeah. They want you in there an hour ahead, but they don't let you go in early. They'll let you go in when the corrals are open. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, they are making sure that the porta-potties are stocked and they're doing a security sweep of the area. Yes. And you could see their security teams doing that. Mm-hmm. And again, hats off to the Disney staff. Yeah. Talk about feeling safe. Yeah, and secure. And secure. Yep. Bar none. Hands hands down. Fantastic. So mm-hmm. that pre-race area where you walk in and they've got, the, that we talked about last week. Yeah. Character lines, I want to say, were even crazier this minutes. morning. 90 and 95 minutes. For Mickey and Minnie Mouse, because they they were the marquee characters for the half marathon. Mickey's on the race medal. So right. it, I mean, it was just crazy. And the, the lines were enormous. Yeah. And then the porta potty lines were enormous. Oh yeah. And the Joffrey's coffee line and the food tent line mm-hmm. was enormous. And so but this was really all, everybody was kind of in the smaller area because the corrals hadn't opened. Yeah. Once the corrals opened. It was like the floodgates. The floodgates opened. Yes. We headed back mm-hmm. over to that area because we mentioned it last time. Porta potties. A plenty. There are tons. <laughs> yeah. There, uh, you could, by all means, if you're going to stay over there in that area where you, you do the, the character photos, you could certainly get in line there. You're probably going to be a 20 to 30 minute wait. 
it's five to 10 minutes, maybe 15 if you were slow in getting out to the corrals. But mm-hmm. you know, people were streaming to get to the corrals. We immediately headed down towards our corral, but then veered over to the porta potty. And just got done as quickly as possible. Yeah, hit that. And, and then- this time we were not in the very last corral. There were two corrals behind us. Yeah, we were corral F. They also had G and H. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've actually seen some talk about this on, on Facebook groups. Oh, you have? People are saying they wish Disney would go back to more corrals. Why did they say that? I, because I don't think they like the size of the corral because the corrals are pretty big with only G and H each corral and, and individually is rather large. I can see that. But they are breaking those corrals into waves every three minutes. Yeah, I can I can see their suggestion as very, very valid because we got in there and we got towards towards the very front. We were Right up, pretty pretty close to the front this time. Of our corral, and you are sandwiched in with a bunch of people. So if you get in the corral to get up to the front too early, maybe, I mean, I don't say it's too early. Early enough that maybe you needed one last porta potty stop before the start. That's you were tough. out of luck. Yeah, that would require. And this is a, this is a great race tip. If you are the type of person who you know gets nervous and might have to go hit the porta potty, or you know morning coffee hits you. Oh mm. no! Um, go to the porta potties prior to co- going getting on the buses. They have porta potties. Even at Epcot, they have porta potties set up outside, yep. so you can do that. Mm-hmm. Then once you get over to the race area, if the lines aren't too crazy over in the mm-hmm. initial area, the, the the entertainment area, go there. And then when you get to the corrals, you've got a third option. I say go ahead and go. Once mm-hmm. you get into that corral, and especially if you are nudging towards the front, mm, and that's where you want to be, then you're going to have a rough go of it if you have to get out because you're going to have to kind of, you know, do the whole excuse me, excuse me all the way back. And you're talking, the corrals are easily 100 yards long. Mm. So 300 feet long by 200 feet wide. Mm. And you're yeah. shoulder to shoulder with people. Yeah. Now, what does happen is you get in there early. You get, that, that will allow you to get a little bit of space on the ground if you want to sit down, if you want to do some, some stretching, which you mm-hmm. did. Yeah, I did. I did too. While I was listening to the DJ and then Carissa and the crew as they took over to kind of get us revved up and introduce us to the representatives from Second Harvest and their their race sponsor, Aftershocks. The Powered By sponsor, Powered Aftershocks. By. Yeah. Those are the bone conduction headphones. Again, yeah. not a sponsor. We just happened to have had a pair. Love them. They were great. Yep. Um, so you get you get all that pre-race entertainment, and you know things are getting real when the national anthem is played. Oh, then you know. Because at that point, after the national anthem, they're going to start with the first corrals, and they always let the, the wheelchair runners, mm-hmm. racers, go first. Yep. And those men and women are so fast. Oh. 
and you see them kind of rolling through at the beginning and some of their, their wheelchair setups are just, I mean, they're awesome, Mm -hmm. but the muscles on these, on these folks, is just amazing. And the, you know, they're, they're cooking when they get out there. Yeah. Unbelievable. And then the rest of the corrals, they have their own wave upon wave starts that are a few minutes apart. I want to say they're like three minutes apart. Three minutes. I timed it. They were doing three minute intervals. Yeah. So the corral A would go up and then you'd have A. One. A A, A two, A three. Something like that. Something like that. So they'd go through and do, you know, several in each one. Mm -hmm. So we were at the front of corral F. Mm Mm-hmm. G and A, so our corral had, I believe, three, mm-hmm. and then G had two or three, and H had two or three. So we had ample, ample time between us and the last runners to cross that finish line. The start, the start line, or the start the line, the balloon ladies, the balloon ladies, yes. And the balloon ladies, again, if you didn't listen to the last episode or you're new to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast, the balloon ladies are a group of volunteers. They are lovely ladies. They are. We've talked, I've talked to them on the course before for the show, and they are the pacers for the back of the pack. Mm. And these ladies, you want to stay ahead of them because if you get to a checkpoint behind them, you are subject to being picked up. Yes. And when I say subject to being picked up, you are more than likely going to get diverted onto a bus and returned to the finish line area because they have to get the streets open. And Disney is very strict. About that 16-minute per mile pace. Yes. And there's also always a lot of discussion about them. Mm -hmm. Are they accurate? Are they keeping correct pace? I saw it in one of the Facebook groups Somebody actually did the race tracking for them over the last three years. Oh. For several races. And they are within just a few seconds of 16 minutes a mile average pace. Wow. Now, there are areas of the course where they have to speed up because it's gotten really crowded and areas where they can slow down a little bit. They're always monitoring their time. Mm -hmm. So in, in any particular area... You know, in the microcosm, it might be a little faster or a little slower, but their overall pace is yeah. going to be right at 16, 16 yeah. and change. Yeah. So they're a very good barometer, mm. and the recommendation is always train for faster than a 16-minute pace if you can. Yeah. So that you've got plenty of cushion, especially if you're wanting to do things like character stops. Mm-hmm. So let's see. You've got food and wine at the end. You've got music at the beginning. Yes. What do you have in the middle? You have this awesome race course. Well, yes. And you had a strategy for handling it. I did. Yes. Let's talk about that. Well, we were in the corral together. And you had said before the race, look, I'm going to put you in the corral. I'm going to put you at the front of the corral. (laughs) And then I'm going to go to the, the next corral down. That's what I did last year. Yeah. <laughs> that's And he says, I know you get nervous when you're behind me. And yes. you can see me. And you're worried about me. But I'm going to be fine. She's making a face while she's doing this voice. <laughs> I don't make that face. I can't help my face. But what he's, we have learned. He's very supportive. And 
he takes care of me. Even though he is the one closer to post-race surgery, he is like, I want you to be successful. Yeah. And I know you're nervous. Well, you get very high strung ahead of even races that we've done in the past successfully. She gets very nervous. So I just wanted you to be successful. And I was going to do that initially. But then I said, well, you know what? It's kind of crowded. We were at the front of the front of the corral. Yeah. I couldn't really fish my way back there. So I said, you know what? I will just purposefully fall back in the course of running the race. And he did. He, we were at the start banner. And once we heard and saw the fireworks of the start and we crossed the start line, I took off and he was, I looked back and he was nowhere to be found. Yeah, I purposefully was was taking a very slow approach the yeah. first several miles. Yeah. And that was just to give you some time to build some buffer ahead of me. And then starting at about, um, I didn't really start doing interval work until probably mile six. So my strategy was a little bit different. But I that had... Was to, that, well, that was to create that distance. Right, right. So what did you do? Right. My strategy was to out of the gate have a very fast walk in the first mile to use it as a warm-up good strategy yeah and then in mile two i started to do intervals and i did them right up until we got outside of animal kingdom because we go from the magic kingdom we kind of go on these back roads that they have decorated with like lights and music and they have character stops uh, Mary Poppins was one, mm-hmm. Baloo, those uh, different characters. Yes, the alligators from from um, Jungle Book. Oh, yes. Mary Poppins. I'm trying mm-hmm. to think of some of the ones that you see early on. Yeah. But, uh, but at any rate, it is kind of a back way into Animal Kingdom. Like you pass the places where they take care of the elephants. They started this part of the race course a couple of years ago when they were doing all of the construction at the um, Hollywood Studios. Yes. They needed a place or some roads where they could bleed off distance since you didn't do all that running through the park. And they ended up opting to do this part of kind of their back roads. It takes you by their water treatment facility. Mm. It's not a whole lot to look at out there, so they really doll it up with the the light show, on-course music, on-course character stops, mm-hmm. and that helps. And I actually like this section during the, the Star Wars race because they start mm-hmm. making it sound like the Battle of Endor, yeah. and they have speeder bike sounds, and they have fire pots exploding in the tree uh, behind the trees, so it looks like the battle is raging, lasers shooting between the trees. It's really cool. For the Star Wars thing, it makes Total sense, because it's yeah. kind of like you're running through indoor. Yeah. Um, for this one, it's it's great because it's basically a blank canvas where they can drop character stops. It was kind of congested at this point, so trying to start intervals would have been a little bit pointless. So I decided to just look ahead of me and see if I could get an opening in the road and speed up my walk in that first mile. And cover the road that way. And and once we got to mile two and we got a little bit more of um, openings in the road where I could find space, I would do my 624 interval that 
that Jeff Galloway, our coach, and I had discussed. Yeah. So I did that up to the entrance into Animal Kingdom. And that happens after mile four, starting uh, heading into mile five. Mm-hmm. Mile four, you're still in the back lot. Right. Of, but you're getting, you're really right there at Animal Kingdom. Yeah. And it kind of brings you in the back area by like the, the, the um, I want to call it the Marrakesh Market, uh, the, the area where Harambe all the, Harambe Market. Market. That's market? it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and that's, that's kind of where you come into the park proper. Yeah. And I will tell you, outside of Animal Kingdom, I took an assessment of how I was feeling and how my IT band was feeling. And I thought, mm, if I keep up the intervals in the park, we're going to hit some crowds. We're going to hit some up and down hills. We're going to have some gorgeous scenery. What I can do is keep up the intervals and make sure I get my steps in. The number of steps I need in a run, the number of steps I need in a walk. But let me just walk those, fast walk those. Mm-hmm. Because that way I can enjoy the scenery. I can still stay on target. I can stay ahead of the balloon ladies. And really have a good time in Animal Kingdom. And no sooner than I got on pace and started to execute that plan, I looked over to the right as we came into the park and I saw Rafiki. Yeah. And I was like, I can't stop for you, but you're my favorite. You actually yelled that to him, didn't you? I did. (laughs) I did. Well, this, it's funny that you mentioned that because I I talked about how narrow the course was in the 10K and that really carried over into the half marathon. The first three miles, really the first four miles are probably the widest portions of this entire race. On the roads. On the roads. In between the parks. in those areas, they didn't restrict you to just a single lane of travel. Mm. Once you get from mile four, four four and a quarter into the park, it naturally narrows because you're only able to run the width of the walkway in the park. Yes. And they really try to crowd control that. And they did a great job. Mm -hmm. It moved. But... What what happens is your time to be aggressive in picking up the pace and passing people was before you got into this park, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So I was glad that I did intervals prior to coming so into this park. I think you were very smart to do it the way that you did it. And I thought I didn't want to overextend the IT band. So, so in the Animal Kingdom Park, really just keeping up that walk pace... We got to see characters. We got to see the beautiful Pandora, Dino Land. You run right through Pandora. And actually, I'm li- we're flipping through photos, kind of kind of recapping as we're talking about it. When you look at the crowds here, mm. it's, it is six to eight people across mm-hmm. and solid. Yeah. Now, it's moving. People are, people are jogging. Yeah. You know, the slower runners, ideally, to the right. Um, yeah, I kept to the right. And then... The faster runners to the left, mm-hmm. but it's it's packed <clears throat> the entire way. Now a lot of people were were stopping and, for the vistas and getting their own little photo stops. Mm-hmm. And I took some pictures as we were moving, and we'll, we'll be posting the, some of those photos throughout the week on social media for you to get an idea. While and I'll <laughs> I'll admit I am a giant science fiction fan. I was not really a big fan of of Avatar. Not my favorite sci-fi movie. The land, the Pandora area is 
beautiful. At sunrise, which is where we were when we entered the park in terms of the time of day. They do such a good job with their Imagineering. It's oh, fantastic. And such great you're light. You're running underneath these floating mountains. You're like, I'm, I'm running on Pandora. Oh, it's, and, and then you get to see the Tree of Life and Dino Land. But I'm going to share a... Expedition Everest. Expedition Everest. Yes. But I'm going to share a runner tip. Yes, do it. Porta potties are, I don't want to say that they're plentiful along the race course, but they are there. They tend to have mm -hmm. lines. Once you get into the parks, the bathrooms that are along the race course are all open. They are all open. But there can be lines. There can be lines. And for women... That's usually a, a worse problem. There were. Because I will tell you that I was scrunched up in the corral at the beginning. And from the word go, I needed one more stop. But I couldn't. So having the familiarity with the race course, I knew that there was going to be an army of porta potties coming out of Animal Kingdom as we hit the Animal Kingdom parking lot. So if there are lines, I will piggyback on your tip and say that right as you come out of Animal Kingdom and you head toward the Animal Kingdom parking lot, there is right before a water and Powerade stop an army of porta potties, and that's exactly where I went. Okay. And there are no lines. You can just go in and out, and then you're at the water stop and on your way into the parking lot and mile six. There you go. So that was great. And the Animal Kingdom parking lot is generally a pretty wide berth in terms of crowd level. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And e even even heading out back onto Osceola Parkway. Yeah. I, I, that is once you get away from the very front of the park. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the, the parking lot kind of opens up kind of yeah. wide. When you get the parking lot, you're good. That is the mile six mark. Yeah. That's, that's a little less than halfway. Mile six is in the middle of the Animal Kingdom parking lot, heading you out, like you said, out to mm -hmm. Osceola. Yep. Um, there is also a porta potty stop at Osceola uh, as you're heading out to Osceola. There's a little there's overpass. There's an overpass, and then there's another army of porta potties. So yes. I could have probably done there, but so there, there are water stops and Powerade stops because you get you get water or Powerade at at every couple of miles. They're well-spaced out. They're well-manned. I really applaud the people that volunteered for Second Harvest. Yes, the Second Harvest volunteers were fantastic this All year. through the course. The, I don't recall getting to any of the tables here this at this race where they weren't ready for us. They were ready, raring to go, and they were calling out uh, Powerade or water, and usually it's the same pattern when you arrive. It's... Powerade first and then water second. Yes. And they'll hold it out on the palm of their hand so you can just grab it and then keep moving so you don't prevent runners behind you from getting some hydration. Yes. So those were all very well stocked, very mm -hmm. well manned. Yeah. No complaints. And at there all. was, like where you said there were porta potties at that overpass coming out of. The Animal Kingdom parking lot. Yes. There was also another water stop right there heading toward mile seven. Yes. And this is where the course went back out on the roads and became super narrow because it was only a single lane of travel. 
So if you're a back of the pack runner, you have to be really smart about this part of the course, even though it is an open road flat. It is one lane of travel that they try to get the runners to, to get through. Yeah, you're running on the road. They have cones separating you in the left lane mm-hmm. from traffic in the right lane. And mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a wall of orange cones. Mm-hmm. There, there's no mistaking it. Now, what's great is people who are like like employees that are leaving the park or oh. families, people are honking at you and the waving. Buses. Runners who have finished are who might be going in the other direction on the other side of the road or honking and waving and standing up outside of their, their sunroofs and all that. Yeah. So that part's great. But I've got some photos I'm looking at here. Yeah. This is this is heading from mile seven to mile nine. Basically, you do a little over two miles on Osceola Parkway. It, it opens up, it but opens, not for a while. It opens up later. Yeah. And for a very long time, you don't have much of an avenue for passing unless you're going to be weaving between people. So you've got to be you know, good race etiquette mm-hmm. and... You have to be smart, and if you're a run walker, please, please, please make sure that you are doing the right thing, which is you're signaling by raising your hand mm-hmm. and moving to the right during your walk interval. Mm. But it's also not safe to pass on the right because cars. you've got cars there. Cars, buses, transportation. And in some places on the left, you had a guardrail, so you weren't going to be passing on the left, so you were just kind of where you were in the pack for a good bit. But I will say this, the people that I was running around and walking around, they were so great and so friendly in this group of runners that, that for Wine and Dine this year. They were, you know, I, I would raise my hand and I would say, running, and these two older gentlemen kind of parted and let me kind of come up, and then I would... I, I fell back a little bit to them when I got to my walk interval and I thanked them for allowing me to get ahead. And we kind of leapfrogged, I guess, yeah. for a little bit before I got ahead of them some more. Yep. And then they got ahead of me permanently. But once we broke out and we had multiple lanes that the runners could take advantage of. Yep. After after mile seven. And what was also great, you're seeing tons of runners out there that are running in, you know, couples that are running, groups that yes. are running from offices, people mm-hmm. who are doing, you know, charity runs. Mm-hmm. And I ran into a couple of ladies that had the Dunkin' Donuts um, new, I think sneakers. new Balance sneakers, I think. Those are awesome. They, they were fantastic. And I'm like, I got a pic- picture of your shoes. And, you know, they had like um, donuts on their leggings. And oh, that's it adorable. Was super cute. And everybody's was just in such a good mood. We had so many great interactions with runners who were having there to have fun and have the experience. The picture that you showed me of the couple holding hands as they were running. Yeah. It made me think of us. Yeah, they they uh, the when couple holding together. hands. We'll put that one on social media. It's That's so great. It's a great one. I uh, he was having a I think a rough go of it uh, and I think she was supporting him. Aww. That was the the look that I was getting if I remember correctly. So <sighs> You know, it was, I, I hope that they finished. It's a great picture. You and know, in that part of the course, there is a charity that actually decks out right after the overpass heading from mile seven to mile eight on Osceola Parkway. Yeah. And they were, it was some, it was 
childhood illnesses of some sort. And I, w- I wish I remembered what it was, but they were handing out capes to runners. Okay. And cheering them on. And I feel like so many people around me took those capes and put them on. And now, I missed that. And took a little bit of an extra boost from that. Oh, that's cool. And they I, had those things in the grass that there were pictures of children that their charity had helped. I saw the pictures of the kids. I missed the, the free capes. Yeah. So I would have taken a cape. Yeah. That, I, I didn't. That would have been cool. I didn't, but I think it motivated a lot of people around us. Yeah. Yeah. So then you head out to mile, you're heading to mile nine. There's another water stop. And then they've got a sponsored yeah. stop where they're doing sport beans. And, and they're I love actually those. handing out these little travel packs of sport beans. Mm. We actually use sport beans. They're made by Jelly Belly. You know, yep. they, they've got your, your carbs, electrolytes, and then they have vitamin B and C in there. And, and they were giving out the non-caffeinated version of them along with water and electrolyte drinks. So... That was great to get that at the mile nine. You know, I loved the race signs. Yeah. The the second harvest race signs. Yeah. They were doing stuff like you, you can be a couch potato after this. And it's a picture of a potato. And, the, and this says, you've got a pizza, our hearts. And it's a picture so of pizza. Cute. So cute. Yeah. They did, they did some neat stuff. And mm. then you head, you head off of Osceola. You go around and over uh, like an off ramp. And then it takes you, um, down the overpass and into the back of Hollywood Studios. Yay! And I I just get so excited when I make it to mile 10. And that whole fast walking, the running interval, and making sure that I got the steps in the walking interval that carried me from Animal Kingdom all the way to mile 10 inside of Hollywood Studios. I was so happy and so proud to be there. And what was really great is you have the mile 10 and you have the the water and the Powerade stop and then you round the corner and you're passing by Tower of Terror and it was open. Yeah. The park was open. Park was open. And I saw a couple of runners coming through the gift shop exit after they, that's where you, you get into after you ride the ride. Shockingly, Disney exits you through the gift shop. And I was thinking, oh, there are runners that have ridden the ride and the ride is open and I'm here. And no matter how far back I looked on that gigantic overpass right leading up to Hollywood Studios, I didn't see those balloon ladies at all. I could, for the first time ever, ride this ride during a race in the single rider situation. Yeah, you're you're teasing some some information here. We'll we'll get to in a bit, but but I said no 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 no. I do not need to decrease my lead. I need to make it strong to the finish, and I want to be powerful enough in that last mile to do some intervals, which you did. Yeah, because we we had a shortened kind of course through Hollywood Studios. Yeah, let me talk about Let's talk about this for a yeah, second. Yeah, which was sad because we love it so much there. Normally, or over the last few years, when when they were doing the construction on Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, they, they basically had an abbreviated section of the park here at Hollywood Studios mm-hmm. that you would run through, but it would at least take you down Main Street mm-hmm. and kind of... Like a like around and out the main entrance of the park. Mm-hmm. 
that did not happen this year. No. They basically ran you through enough of the park to say you went into the park. Yeah, by Tower of Terror so that you could jump on the ride maybe. And then a little bit of the main street. Like you could see Rock and Roller Coaster, but you would have to deviate from the course to get there. You basically run around come you come around the back of tower of terror mm-hmm. you go down main street past phantasmic and then you hang an immediate left you don't even go the full way you don't get to the front of the park no at all at this, all this time or we didn't this time very different yeah but we came we came not through the entrance of the park to exit to what we would normally get by the water behind the boardwalk mm-hmm. hotel we we just exited the park early to get to that path yes passed by the skyliners the new skyliners yeah it takes you you do go out to the front of the park but it's just you're coming out a different way you're not going mm-hmm. through the main turnstiles right so it's kind of like a, a backstage area and then an exit yep and then you get down to the water by the boardwalk and there's a DJ right there motivating you, pushing you along. It's there. You can see the skyliners. You can see the water. You can see the boardwalk, which is one of our favorite hotels. And <laughs> this, I think, is where Dana wants to tell you a little joke. And I just want to have a big <laughs> disclaimer at the beginning to say I ran this whole hashtag freaking race. Well, I have some evidence to the contrary because this is the part I ran of it the all. race where I started going, oh, crap, I'm not going to be able to catch up to her again. Maybe I was too good at giving her some distance on Because he was watching me on Find My Friends, Find yeah. My Find my iPhone. So starting at about mile 10, I started doing find my to see where she was at. (sighs) And by then I had already started doing intervals and I was doing the same 624. I was feeling good. I was still running in my Brooks shoes and my knee was cooperating with me very well. I've opted against doing the long runs in the knee brace. Right. And I haven't really had a need for it. So I was feeling great. And I said, okay, starting at mile 10, I need to get serious about catching up to her. Well, okay. Find my had her like out at the front of the park while I'm still back by um, by the tower. And then I get out to the front and she's she's already on the water. And then at one point I see that she's not only you know, running along the water, she is in the middle of the water. That is not true. And if you know anything about these parks, not they true. have they have a, a a team of boats that runs between the parks Mm -hmm. and you can take a boat. So my joke has been that she actually took a boat from the front of, of Hollywood over to, uh, over to, um, the boardwalk, but I did not, but I, I, you did not because I caught up to you eventually, but I've, I, when I was doing the find my friends thing on my iPhone, I actually took a screenshot showing her right in the middle of the little river there. So oh my uh, goodness. I sent that to her later on and mm-hmm. went, here's your secret to your fast pace. Nope. <laughs> that is not true. So that part of the course though, I do love it. It runs you right along the water, but again, by, by this point, it is super narrow and yes, yes. it is, it's just narrow it's very hard to pass. If you're going to be passing, you're probably going to be running in the grass. Mm-hmm. And you just have to be mindful of that and, and understand that. That's not the best part of the course to do any passing. No. I think I think at this point you should probably stick to the the you know, keep keep up with the group and then 
know that when you get to the boardwalk, it opens up and gets a good bit wider. But then you have to be careful because sometimes it's wet and you don't want to fall. All the time it's wet. Yeah. In the morning, they, they do the pressure cleaning of the boardwalk overnight. When that wood is wet, it's slippery. Yeah, and we've seen people fall on the course there. Oh, so really yeah. don't. Just kind of be sure of your footing and be careful. Yes, but it does part. open up and get much wider there. So mm -hmm. you have some opportunity for for passing and for getting some some gaining some ground. And that's a great part of the course to gain some last minute energy because you have runners all around you and you have families and friends that are outside the boardwalk bakery that have signs right outside the boardwalk that that did you see some like a power power up pixie dust where you could tap on the sign for power? Yeah. You could high five some spectators. You could imagine even though race signs might have been personalized for their their loved ones that that they were cheering for you. Yeah. Such a positive environment outside of the boardwalk. Absolutely. And the the folks that are staying there at the hotels are really embracing the run, which was great to see. And let me tell you, like when we passed when we got out of the boardwalk and there's like the uphill before we turn into Epcot. It's a little bridge that takes you, you into the back of the world showcase. You're kind of at, at the crest of the hill. You're in front of the yacht and the beach club hotels. Mm -hmm. And there was a guy who had just gotten out of the shower who came down in his bathrobe <laughs> with a beer <laughs> And he's like, yeah, you got this. We toast you. You can have one of these too. Hurry up. It's waiting. You know, it was hysterical. Yeah, I didn't see him. but It that's, was so funny. That's awesome. It was funny. And then, you know, you come down the hill and you hang a left and you go into the World Showcase kind of a back way that spits you out to the UK. Yes. Area of the... Sure, uh, the World Showcase. Yeah, and that takes you, it, it's, it dumps you right into the UK, mm -hmm. and that is where I finally caught up to you, and that was in mile 11 heading to mile 12. And he just decided to do a live Facebook I, or live Instagram. I did Instagram live. Yeah. If you if you follow us there, you saw it, and it was, it was the, the moment that I caught up to her, and we were able to finish this year's race together. And yes. that you basically at that point, you're doing a counterclockwise loop around the world showcase. Not quite all the way. No, again, they, they abridge the part on the world showcase this year. Right. And actually this was, I believe even a little bit shorter than the 10 K. I think the 10 K put us out right at Mexico and the yeah. half marathon had us exit at China. Yes, it was shorter. So it was a little bit shorter, mm. and then it takes you around behind the test track. And mm -hmm. then see, we were seeing some parts of the backstage this weekend that we've never seen before. And again, I'll, I'll say it. I, they're not all that pretty you know, when you get in some of the backstage areas, but I understand why they're doing it. It was different. It was different. Yeah. And then that takes you to mile 13, and then 13 out into the parking lot. At Epcot, where everything is set up, and yeah. we got our medals. We got our medals. And you got something else. Yes. Well, I, I really like that Carissa and her crew noticed that you were in a kilt. 
Yes. And and started to talk about runners and kilts and how awesome that was. Yes. So that was really great. Crossing the finish line and stomping my Garmin and my Apple Watch because I wear both. Don't touch me. (laughs) Okay. Just shh. It's fine. So (laughs) I said, this, this, is this right? Is this, so we, we get all of our medals. We, I'm walking and I, I said, I looked at Dana. I said, it's true. It's a PR at Disney. And I'll tell you, we've talked about it. We, before that, you know, Disney races maybe not be the best environment to do a PR, Certainly with all of the narrowness of the race, I was very shocked to hear that myself, but it would seem that your race strategy really paid off. Just trying to attach myself or hook myself to a runner before me, in front of me, with some some kind of open road to that runner, and really being conservative with not running and just getting the step count in there. I can't believe I did it. But I did, I, I PR'd by something like four minutes. Hey, that's not bad. Which is incredible. A PR is a PR. I was not expecting that at all. And it makes me so incredibly happy because it, it's the, like, it's our first race that we ever did together. So, and it was my, my really the first one that I got to run as much as I wanted to after surgery. Yeah. And again, it's a, it's a great race for, for us to celebrate and we had a lot to celebrate at the end so we yeah. get done we headed over to get a celebratory beer we oh. did some photos yeah what a great time it was fabulous and the post race you've got all the families there that are reuniting with their cheer squads if you yeah. if you have your family come out and be part of the cheer squad they actually have bleachers set up for them mm-hmm. at the finish line and they had signs and things this is a great so event, great. not only for the runners, but families. Yeah. If you're the runner of the family and you're thinking about doing a, a runcation here, don't mm. don't question yourself. Just do it. And your family will thank you. You can yeah. do the parks afterwards. There's just so much good about mm. this Disney, run Disney event. We, yes. we can't recommend it enough. Mm-hmm. And that's why we come back to it again and again. Absolutely. And with the Food and Wine Festival... There are so many different things that we can bring to you. It can be different every year. Absolutely. It, and that's yeah. That's kind of the, what's neat about it. And that's what we're going to be doing right now. We're about to show you, you know, what we've, the, the race course was different, but now the food, the food is totally different yes. than what we brought you last year. Indeed. And we have a listener who wrote into us on Instagram, Sherry, who goes by Runs in a Skirt on Instagram. She agrees with our assessment last week when we did my picks for the Food and Wine Festival. She says the the Ireland cheddar and stout dip is her favorite. And I loved it. It was delicious. We hope it stays next year and doesn't go anywhere because sometimes changes happen. But... To have a couple of good standbys in there. So good. Yeah. So are we, uh, we, we're going to head into the food portion now. Yes. So she, is, she kicks off our food portion. Yes. Well, she 
is a woman who's very wise because oh, yes. that is one of my favorites by far. Uh, just fantastic. But uh, I did some picks. Yes, I want to know what our listeners need to know because there are a few weeks left of this food and wine festival. And if they're heading down, what do they need to get? Well, uh, we talked about your picks from last week, which were excellent. Mm. One of my picks, I, I chose three. You chose three. Mm-hmm. One of my picks was from a, a relative newcomer to the Food and Wine Festival. It's been here a couple of years. It's mm. called the Wine and Dine Studio. Mm-hmm. And this is an area that's kind of off of the main circle of the World Showcase. Right. Kind of in a, a little... Uh, I don't know, not an island exactly, but it's just it's before you get to the main circle. When you're coming in from the from the front of the park, it is on the right. It's right next to the. Uh, it connects Future World and the World Showcase. Bingo! That's it. That's what I'll say. Yes, best yeah. way to describe it. Yeah, and they had, and I talked about this, a butternut squash ravioli that oh. just sounded incredible. And oh. let me tell you. You're going to see it in the episode artwork. Yes, you will. You get a couple of these ravioli. Oh. You're going to be a very happy person because the butternut squash ravioli is served with a brown butter vinaigrette, <sighs> shaved Parmesan cheese, and toasted pumpkin seeds so on top. Good. The ravioli are probably the size of the palm of my hand. Maybe the size of a deck of cards. They were pretty sizable, good, yeah. Good size. Yeah. There, the pasta is al dente. Mm. The butternut squash inside of it was roasted, pureed, and super sweet. Oh, the brown butter vinaigrette. The brown butter has a nuttiness normally, but then they made a vinaigrette out of it. So you get probably, I'm guessing, a white wine vinegar mixed in. So you not only get the nuttiness oh. of the butter, but you also got some acid from the vinegar. And then the Parmesan gives you that salty nuttiness and then the toasted pumpkin seeds for some crunch. This was one of my favorite dishes at the Food and Wine Festival. Amazing. Ever. Oh. Not just at that this That is point, high praise. Ever. I would get this every time we go from now on. It's so good. I just want 12 of the ravioli. That's you my ha- problem. I had to get my own. Yeah. To tell you. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say the portion just keeps you wanting to go back for more. Portion's a good size, but it's so good. Mm. I mean, this for me, for a, as a pasta lover, this hits every note you could want. Sweet, oh. salty, savory, everything. That vinaigrette couples so well with the filling inside of the ravioli. Yes. And the ravioli itself is such a beautiful orange fall color. It is. And this reminds me very much, there is a version of this served at Wolfgang Puck's restaurant. Oh, just get that too. Yeah. He does a butternut squash ravioli with a brown butter sauce and deep fried sage that is to die for. Yum. Um, But... This is a close second. Oh, so yeah, absolutely one of my favorites. I will always get this when we go back, as long as they're serving it. So good. So that's my first one. I thought that that was a pretty good way to to kick things off. I think that is excellent. But you know, there is a place on the World Showcase, so we had to go back to the World Showcase and the place where they do the 
Eat to the Beat concert series. We've seen Taylor Dane there. We've seen Boys to Men there. We've seen Blues Night Ranger, Blues Traveler there. Those concerts are really great for your friends and your family, for everybody to go along. Absolutely. And the food offering over there in the Americas area is to die for. It absolutely is. We love, as you saw from the episode where we were down in Key West, we love a good lobster roll. We do. And I will say that the lobster roll down at DJ's Clam Shack in Key West is probably one of the best you will ever Ever. get anywhere. They were doing an offering of a lobster roll at the Hops and Barley tent. I don't call it tent. The stand. That's the stand in America. Oh. That was lobster with a fresh herbed mayo on a griddled roll. I will tell you, for a bite-sized as opposed to like a meal-sized one like we had down at DJ's, Mm. this bite-sized one fantastic uh and kind of i was kind of surprised i went in a little bit skeptical well having dj having it's a big it's a high bar it was a high bar but not only that i was like there's no way they're going to be able to do lobster in mass for quick service it's really tough to do seafood well for that kind of volume i was fully expecting them to overcook the lobster and be eating rubber lobster, and they didn't. The, oh. the lobster roll was the the roll was griddled, buttery, yeah, um, crunchy, and soft all at the same time. The mm. lobster was tossed in an herbed mayo, and I want to say that theirs was. Um, I don't think it, it was tarragon. It wasn't tarragon. I want to say it might have been. Dill, yeah, just a, but just a hint, like the, a bare hint. Mm. Um, it wasn't overpowering, <sighs> not overly dressed, so the lobster really got to shine, and it was tender, sweet, fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have no complaints. It was like a mini version of what you would experience at DJ's. There, there's just that that bread was very reminiscent of the DJ's roll. Yes. I think. Yes. And I loved it. It was it was warm, and that's a contrast to DJs that that is not really warm. You know, but the meat was just delicious and the roll, oh, buttery goodness. Yeah, I really liked your pick. Well, and, good. Yeah. Cuz I've got one more. Well, before we share your one more. Uh-huh. We have a listener on Twitter who goes by the handle Coffee Courtesan. And her name is Kristen. And she's training for the princess. Go, Kristen. So go, Kristen. Hang tough in that training. She took time out because she was able to escape to the Food and Wine Festival very, very recently, like this past week. And she had a tip about a booth that we haven't been to. And she says you can't miss it. Well, then why don't we go ahead and hear what Kristen had to say? Yeah. Hi, everyone. This is Kristen. I'm from Connecticut. I was able to go down to Disney World this past weekend for Food and Wine Festival. My husband surprised me with a trip for Dapper Day weekend as well. And um, I have to say my favorite part of the Food and Wine Festival was Brazil, which was between Morocco and France. 
We had the seafood stew and their Brazilian cheese bread. This stew had scallops, shrimp, some whitefish, and this really tasty, spicy, sweet coconut lime sauce. It was served over rice. It was really, really good. Um, my husband and I split it, but I definitely could have eaten the entire thing on my own. We also really liked the Brazilian cheese bread that they had, and the cheese bread was different because it was vegan and gluten-free, but you really couldn't tell. It was very light, but very cheesy in the middle. I'm not sure how they managed to make it vegan and gluten-free and just, you know, super cheesy. It was amazing. We went back for seconds. Definitely our favorite part of the Food and Wine Festival. Kristen's recommendation I really like because it shows how versatile the offerings are at each booth. And I really like that she submitted one that is a recommendation for somebody who might have a gluten intolerance. Yes. So this, and I don't, we've never had this at Brazil, this seafood stew that she talks about. We've had other items from Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. We had something that was like a black bean cake, and then mm-hmm. we also had a... Like a, pork... Is that where the pork, pork belly, belly is? Yes. Yeah, which we love. So, but I really like that, and she included a picture, so we'll post that on social media with a little shout out to her, so that you can kind of see that offering that she recommends, and hey, Kristen, thanks for submitting And best of luck at Princess. We're going to get there someday. And we'll be tracking your progress. We want to, you know, do, if if you'll share your runner tracking, we'd love to follow along during your race. And, you know, you might want to come on and talk about the Princess. Since we haven't done that race yet. And the Festival of the Arts. We'll talk. Yeah. So, we had Kristen. Yes. Do you want me to finish off with my final recommendation? Or we do have one other listener submission. I think you should do your last offering because the last listener submission kind of goes really well with the drink portion of our show. Fair enough. So let me hold that to all of you to intersperse with your many, drink suggestions. many fabulous drink suggestions and round us out with the eating. Well, the final suggestion or final selection I made for the food options was Japan. I wanted to go to some tastes of the East. And mm. when I saw that they were offering a ramen option, I said, I've got to go because the way to my heart is through the noodle house. And they were doing something called the frothy ramen. And this was chilled noodles and dashi broth with a light foam topping. So you're thinking, well, what would that be like? Well, The presentation, the best way I could describe this would be a ramen noodle cappuccino would be the best way I could describe it. That's what it looks like. It looks like that. It's it's served in a a cup that actually has a little handle like a coffee cup. Mm -hmm. It's a clear plastic cup with the ramen in the bottom, with the broth filling it, that that nice dark brown broth, and then Mm. this white foam on top. And we went to Japan, and this is when the bottom fell out. Oh, boy. For the weather. We got stormed on right as we were ordering our food in Japan. And it was something else. I mean, it went from, from... overcast but kind of nice to just a soaker oh my goodness an absolute soaker yes and i have to tell you that when it it really cut loose after we ordered our 
food from Japan. Right after our we food and beverage from Japan. And I have to say a shout out to because we were still at the window picking up our food when it cut loose. Yes. And Catherine, if I'm remembering that right. You're remembering and, it right. And we took a photo with her at the booth. Catherine felt so bad for us. She was, she, she wanted to help us so much. She had clear plastic trash bags that she gave us so that we, and she actually went a step further too. She got scissors and cut a little place for our heads to go through the trash bag. Well, for your head, I just bit a hole well, in my Yeah, but she was doing that. She would have done that for you too. So that we could actually be covered and then take our food and still do our food and beverage reviews. So shout out to cast compliment to Catherine. Thank you for your help so that we could actually show off the frothy ramen. Absolutely. So I picked up the frothy ramen and it was a cold noodle dish. And cold noodles are very popular and I, I, I love it. If you're not familiar with dashi... Dashi broth is actually one of the simplest things you can make in Japanese cooking. It's basically uh, kombu, which is your dried seaweed, uh, bonito fish flakes, and water boiled together. So it gives you this hearty, umami, salty, essence of the sea flavor. And you strain all that out. You've got the clear broth or, well, clear but you know, brown yeah. broth, and then they put the cold noodles in there. So the broth's cold, the noodles are cold. I didn't catch what the foam was made of. I, I still, at this point, don't know what they made the foam with on top of this. There's no description out there. There's no description I'm able to find. On any blog. If anybody has one, you can submit it. And I want to say that they, they did a little bit of a drizzle right on top. It looks like almost like a syrup. And that drizzle... I, I want to say that it is almost like a um, like an oyster sauce or a oh. fish sauce, something yeah, to that effect. But you know, once you get the your your chopsticks down in there and you kind of oh. stir, it was fantastic. Oh. Just unctuous, meaty is not the right word, but you know, savory. It was so hearty, hearty, and even though it was chilled, it, it was so comforting. It was. And a good portion for what you're spending, you know, it's, oh, it's yeah. like four dollars and change, I mm-hmm. think, for the for the for the uh, ramen. Would you have wanted to get your own now that you know how good it was? Now that I know, yeah, I, I would have done, you know, like a separate one because I could have because it was good enough oh my for me gosh. to eat the whole thing. Yeah, I could have absolutely destroyed that. Yeah, without a doubt. So that was my third offering. I would say if you're going to make your way around to to. Uh, that side of the world showcase saves some room for the for the chilled ramen, the frothy ramen. Yes, absolutely fantastic. You know, all of this food talk has made me thirsty, and I'm thirsty to hear your beverage picks. Well, okay. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to rewind a little bit. Because rewind. We're going to do the beverage picks in the same order of countries as we did the food picks. Okay. So when we headed over to China, of course, uh, we did, um, we went to China 
on the 10K. Yeah, I talked about the spare ribs. Yes. And my favorite from there, which is the chicken and shrimp bao bun. Spicy. Yes. And, oh, well, I mean, you could say that my favorite from there is the kung fu punch because... Whoa. <laughs> Everybody's kung fu sleeping if you drink too much of that kung fu punch. <laughs> yes. But... But they have... Offerings that are not alcoholic and, as well. And I went non-alcoholic. We actually were over on that side of the World Showcase. I picked up a mango bubble tea that they had. I happen to be a real fan of of bubble tea. I just think they're a lot of fun. They taste great. Uh, and they were doing one that was with an Assam black tea and milk. Mm. So... This is a sweetened beverage that is tea and milk mm. with the tapioca pearls in the bottom. And with that mango flavor in there, it it kind of reminded me, uh, had almost a tropical feel to it Yeah, with the flavors. Because the mango and the tea, they were playing off of each other. I was getting a little bit, I don't know if they added any, I don't think they did, but... Um, it almost had like a coconut kind of flavor to it. It mm. has a, a very heavy body and just mm. a a really, that's a very comforting drink to me. But I don't think it was as heavy as, say, a condensed milk. No. It was not really all that thick. I wasn't getting that, but I just got like a good mouth feel, yeah. like, like maybe um, whole milk, mm-hmm. you know, or 2%, yeah. that type of thing. It, was, it wasn't like a skim, and it certainly wasn't like almond milk in your coffee. This no. just had a really uh, heavy body that was just pleasant, mm-hmm. and the, you've I got those it. tapioca pearls to kind of chew on as you're making your way around the world, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, just a, a great way to go. So while I didn't talk about China and my food offerings, right. um, I, I wanted to kind of rewind to that one because the mango bubble tea over there, if you're looking for a non-alcoholic treat, yeah, absolutely worth checking out. For sure. Would you have a beer? I'd have a beer. Right? And I did have a beer. <laughs> in fact, now that we're going to number two, as we were you know, number two in my food offerings was hops and barley. Let's talk about what I got to drink at hops and barley. At Hops and Barley, they have a beer from Three Daughters Brewing, and I believe they are local to the St. St. Petersburg area. And shout out to them because they just had, they, they are a big part of that St. Pete Run Fest. And I was having a little bit of FOMO this weekend because they have a 10K and a half there. That's uh, awesome. Well, I want to try that. We got to go do that. That's too close for us to miss out on. Yeah. But they have, we've had several of their beers over the years. And it was nice to see them at the Disney Food and Wine Festival. And one that they were offering is one that I've had before, but I like it a lot because it's a weird one. Or I say weird. Weird to me. Usually when you think of coffee and beer, you think of stouts. Very dark. Yeah, stouts and porters. Mm -hmm. They are flipping the script. Three Daughters Brewing is doing something called Awake Coffee Blonde. This is a blonde ale brewed with coffee. It is 5% ABV, so it's it's pretty sessionable. And only 23 on the IBU scale, so this is not a bitter ale at all. And mm. let me tell you, this gives you a distinct aroma of coffee and a distinct flavor 
of coffee when you're drinking it, but it looks like a golden ale. Yes, it does. It has such a light color. You would not, just looking at this from a distance, you would you would never peg this for a coffee beer at all. But it's so good. It is fantastic. Light in body, crisp flavor, very coffee forward. Yeah. Just wow. Mm-hmm. It, it is like drinking a cold brew coffee. It's like, carbonated. But it's so light and refreshing. Yes. You know? I would do a whole pint of that if they offered it at Hops and Barley. Oh, yeah. Or you would double fist the little four ounce pour that they had. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I would too. We were pacing ourselves and we had other stuff to do. So uh, we couldn't do that. Moderation. So um, that was my second drink offering. And then for the third, we're going back to Japan. Yes, we are. And Japan does, that country does a number of really interesting things in their festivals there at Epcot. And sometimes their drinks get a little creative and all that. But I went with something very simple. And that was what they were calling their draft sake. Mm -hmm. And sake being a very traditionally Japanese thing. you, You can get it served hot or cold. Their offering was something they were calling draft sake. And this was a perfectly clear... Spirit. It it looks like water in your glass, mm-hmm. served cold, and they were giving you a nice sized taster of it. I mean, that was like a like more than a shot. Oh yeah, this was easily like a. It looked like maybe a, a three to four ounce taster of yeah. it, and it's it's a spirit that's refined from rice, and it is just crisp, refreshing. This uh, potent, I mean, I'm not going to lie, it it doesn't have the bite or the burn of vodka. Right. It has more floral, uh, some people will say melon notes. I don't really get a lot of melon. Um, I I got a boozy quality. A little boozy. I'm telling you. Yeah. A little boozy. Yeah. But... The flavor was perfect when I was drinking this. This was paired with the uh, with the frothy ramen, so it was just you know flavor profile was spot on, perfect mm-hmm. to pair with that that cool ramen dish, mm. and it is just fantastic. Now, oh, yeah. unlike your kung fu punch over in China, <laughs> yeah. where that one hides the the boozy quality in disguise behind some delicious fruit flavors this is on front street oh yeah there's no mistaking this oh my god so you're not going to accidentally have too much of this i don't right but the flavor is fantastic especially if you're going to be pairing it with any of the foods offered from japan right we have one more listener recommendation okay from steph at justadayinparadise.com. Okay, well, let's see what Steph has to say about her suggestion for the Disney Food and Wine Festival. Hey, Amy and Dana, it's your friend Steph from justadayinparadise.com and at Just Take a Dip on Instagram. Whether you want to sit back, relax, and let us build you a custom-made itinerary, or you want to follow along and get some tips and tricks so you can plan yourself, we are dedicated to helping our clients and followers get the very most out of their Florida vacation. When Amy and Dana reached out to ask what our favorite drinks and dishes were this year, we were completely stumped. How could you pick just one thing? 
I will say, though, if you can only stop at one booth, stop at Flavors from Fire. The Steakhouse Blended Burger is amazing. There's blended beef and mushroom sliders with brie cheese fondue, arugula, and a truffle blue cheese potato chip all on a brioche bun. Then the smoked corned beef is served with crispy potatoes, cheese curds, pickled onions, and beer cheese fondue. And these cheese curds are the real deal. They give you that like spongy bite to them and it's perfectly balanced. It's a little bit salty, super cheesy. Probably my favorite thing on the menu. You wash that all down with something called a swine brine, which is Evan Williams bourbon mixed with lemon juice, apple cider, and Dijon mustard. All of that topped with a piggy wing. All in all, regardless of what you decide, with a little balance of planning on what you don't want to miss and being open to trying something new, you'll be in for a real culinary adventure. You know, she has excellent taste. She absolutely does because she mentioned some stuff that we covered on the show last year because that swine brine is ridiculous. And you know what I heard? I heard that for Thanksgiving, she is going to try to recreate the beverage because we actually said on the video when we were still all video in our podcast Mm -hmm. that uh, we needed to recreate it. Well, she is actually on a mission to do it during this holiday season. Well, I support that mission. And Mm -hmm. if she needs beta testers, call us. Yes, we're in. (laughs) We're totally in. And thank you for supporting and just letting us know that we have good taste. Well, at least we have similar tastes. Oh, we have, uh, well. I like to say we have good taste. Come on. Yeah. It's so good. That drink is ridiculous. And when I say ridiculous, it's ridiculously good. Yeah. Flavors from fire, like that piggy wing from over there. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Well. I, I could talk about it forever. Well, while this has been talk following a half marathon, this has been a marathon episode for us. And we cannot thank you guys enough for sticking with us. We gave you an extra half hour today as we were detailing the the longest of the runs on the Run Disney uh, two-course challenge weekend. So thank you for sticking with us. Yes, and we hope that it'll be a great companion for you on your commute to work or on your long run because I know that those of you who are training for Princess or who are training for Star Wars or those or marathon especially, weekend. especially Marathon Weekend are getting up in the high mileage and you need some stuff to keep you going on the training run. So hopefully this one that's a little long won't make you too hungry on the run or too thirsty on the run, but will provide some great tips, tricks, and entertainment for your run. We hope so. Yeah. And next week, what are we doing? We are training, oh, training, training. We are training, just like those dopey runners. By next week, I will be out of physical therapy completely. Graduated. This, this Friday is my last day. Um, so I will be hitting the training runs hard. Yeah. And uh, ready to rock, getting ready for our race in Atlanta for Jeff's race. So we'll be talking a little bit about our training ahead of that and how we maintain our fitness between to travel races, as well as kind of taking a look at what we have to look forward to in Atlanta. Yeah, uh, talking about some food that we're looking at there and maybe maybe featuring a little something local if we can find something that uh, yeah. we want to bring to you. Well, I mean, you know, it's coming up on Thanksgiving. Maybe in the next couple of weeks as we prepare for Jeff's race, we may do a turkey trot. Ooh. If we can find a good one to do here locally. Absolutely. Yeah. So, 
If you guys would do us a favor, drop by Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. We cannot tell you how much this helps us. Um, the more that you guys leave a rating or a review, it helps with discovery of the show. Mm-hmm. And with you know thousands of podcasts in the store, your rating and review makes all the difference in, in elevating us in the rankings so that people see us when they're searching for topics like running, food, travel, and the like. So... That would be so helpful. Just take a couple of minutes, head over there, leave a rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. Go rate your favorite Runcation podcast, please. And we thank you for helping our Runcation Nation grow that way. And hey, if you have a recommendation for us, maybe you have a race near you that we should do or a race, an amazing destination race that you have done some food or beverage near you that we need to try when we're having a runcation near you, let us know at info at runeatdrink.net or leave us a message at 941-677-2733. Give us a one-minute message, who you are, where you're from, and what your recommendation is. We will make you Runcation Nation famous. Absolutely. Let us know. Can't wait to hear from you guys. And until we meet again, I am your co-host, Dana, the second banana to this lady here. Oh, you're the first in my heart. And of course, I'm Amy. Have a great week and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having a great third year because of your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Run Eat Drink Podcast. And on Twitter, we're at Run Eat Drink Pod. You can also give us a call at 941 677 2733 or shoot us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute. Accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.